Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hello to everybody who knows that the work doesn't end now. It's just beginning. It's beautiful anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Chris Gethard here, everybody, and, and and welcome to Beautiful Anonymous. You're about to hear an episode that it feels meant to be uh, in a lot of ways. This was not a voicemail call. Sometimes we do the voicemails. People call up, hey, I want to talk about this. We go, that sounds interesting. Call back. More often than not, we just put out the phone number, right? It's a big part of the premise of the show. Third caller who got through to Anita this week uh, is the one who's about to be on the show. It, he is a black man living in Minneapolis and to be totally uh, clear we say it during the show but we recorded this on Wednesday April 21st this is the day after a Minnesota a Minneapolis police officer was convicted of murdering George Floyd a lot of emotion on the table a lot of soul searching a lot of sorting out feelings and reactions and I will tell you that it's not an easy call I think for myself, there's things in it where I'm going, yeah, this is this is a sobering dose of reality on a day that's happy and should be celebrated, but it's it's also a sobering dose of reality about the way things have really been and how they still are and how they're going to be. And you can hear we we just recorded it and I'm I'm tangled up in it. Uh, all, all these feelings. I bet you will be too after you listen to it. It, it. It's it's complex. It's layered. This is not an easy thing. This is not an easy thing, this sickness that this country deals with. You'll also see, I think this is the second time in the show that a caller opts to not take the full hour. Um, the caller is at work. And when you hear what the caller does, you'll say, yeah, you don't you don't have so you don't have uh, breathing room to to take a full hour always in your profession but the caller also says maybe someday you'll get back on the show and i just want to say open door invite let's check in months from now years from now whatever you're comfortable with but absolutely uh come back on the show uh anytime anytime and get more hard truths out there and put me on my heels more make me think more and tangle me up more cuz that's feels it feels necessary i feel lucky to uh to have this conversation thank you for calling beautiful anonymous a beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host hello hey how's it going good, chris yeah yeah how oh, are good you? i'm good how are you um i'm okay having a weird having a weird week but um I'll be okay. Sorry yeah. to be kind of vague and ominous yeah. with that, but it is it is what it is, right? 
Um, how are you? It is what it is. You know, I, I've also had a weird week. I think it's been a weird week for anyone who's paying attention. Oh, uh, yeah. To the world, you know. That's been the state of things for a while now, right? This world keeps throwing us for yes, loops, it. but uh, but yeah, my my stuff's all personal, so I won't I won't get into it. But what's uh what's throwing you for a loop? What's giving you the weird week? Well, yeah, well, I'm I'm in Minneapolis right now. Um, oh, okay. So we should explain. Yeah. Um, let, let's explain for the listeners. You and I are recording this on the morning of uh, Wednesday. April 21st, which means you're in Minneapolis the day after the verdict came down convicting the police officer uh, who killed George Floyd of murder. Yes. So you've been having yeah, a weird stretch. Today. You've been having a weird stretch of life where <laughs> you live. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, yesterday I work at a school and uh, I, we got word that the verdict was going to come out like 45 minutes before school was over. And so the principal got on the loudspeaker. He said, teachers, no need to stay until the end of your duty day. Once the kids are gone, go home. You know, um, we all rushed, rushed home. You know, I got home, pulled out my laptop, turned on the news to watch it. And I, I don't know. It was like, I was expecting you know, I, I was definitely expecting a range of emotions, but I was not expecting to to feel as like uh, somber as I did after I heard. You know, because it's supposed to be. You know, it's like this is the first time that a white cop is going to jail for killing a black man, and that should be amazing because it's historic it's great it's it's fantastic but i found myself like actually i don't know being hit with the weight of the past year and like everything that i've been through and the city has been through and black people in the city have been through and yeah it it, it just it was heavy man it was really heavy that's really uh I mean, that's really sobering, right? Especially being in Minneapolis. Because I, I, I would have mm -hmm. to imagine if, if you were there last year, uh, presuming you were. Yes. Yes, I've been here. It's, it's, it's wild because like the level of justifiable rage that hit the streets must have been so intense. I mean, it was intense for me in New Jersey. must have been so intense for mm -hmm. you. And then, yeah, you mm -hmm. want this verdict to come and you want jubilation, but you're right. It kind of just feels like somber. I mean, yeah, you, I think you said the word somber and I get it of like, well, that's one, that's one. And let's hope that mm -hmm. it turns the tide, but that jubilation did not show up to outweigh. I mean, I think it did show up such a sigh of relief and a lot of happiness from a lot of us, but I don't mm -hmm. know that it erased mm -hmm. all the pain and rage from last year. I think that's a, that's a good way to put it. The what the thing I keep coming back to is like what was supposed to happen happened. You know, you it's like someone kills someone, they go on trial, they go to prison. That's like what's supposed to happen. And the fact that like the bare minimum of like the thing that is supposed to happen 
is such a relief and for many like an immense amount of joy and happiness like that hurts right you know that right that really hurts um you know i was at the back uh last june uh one of the precincts here got burned um the the third precinct and I was there that night um, when that happened, you know, like just it had been like a week of like really brutal clashes with police and just a lot of state violence. And I mean, it was it was tough. But that night. I remember that night was the night where I was like, you know, this is what justice looks like. This is bringing me joy because like in front of this burning uh, precinct, there's this line of like six, seven young, like young black men that are just like, I mean, overjoyed, like so, so happy because like the city was ours, you know, at least for the night it was, it was a small victory, but, it felt like that felt like we had really accomplished something, you know, one cop going to prison doesn't feel as much like, like something was accomplished. If that makes sense. Right. Right. Um, I want to, I do want to ask too, just because it is, is something that, as you've said, seeing, you know, seeing black men celebrating that night, feeling hope mm -hmm. for the black community, as you expressed before, um, what, can I ask what your background is just so I have the context? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a black man, uh, born and raised in Minneapolis. I, I'm, I'm mixed. My dad's black. My mom's white. Um, I, uh, yeah, this is, this is my city. I've been here pretty much my whole life. Um, so this has been really, uh, transformative for me to like, you know, Minneapolis is a very, it's a very white city. Um, and it's been good that white people have been waking up and paying attention and, uh, you know, I, I think, I think it, it has made this city a better place. Surely still a long way to go. Right. But I think that, that all this has, has had a, had a positive effect on the city. Growing up, did you feel like the cops in Minneapolis were, I, I mean, like, pardon my French, but like, did you feel like they were fucked up before this? And I, I, I've been really trying hard not to curse on the episode, but you see, you see uh -huh. what happened to George Floyd. And I'm, I sit here, I go, you can make any excuse you want. The guy was on drugs. The mm -hmm. guy passed a counterfeit bill. Say whatever you want. If you actually mm -hmm. have the stomach to sit down and watch that video, you go, how is this anything except murder? This is, this is insanity. Did, did, do you feel like that's been the relationship with the, um, the police historically with the black community in Minneapolis? Uh, I mean, yes, historically for me personally, I grew up in a pretty white neighborhood, you know, like we didn't have problems with the police in in my neighborhood so like how how minneapolis set up is is set up there's like 
it, it's 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 very heavily segregated. Um, the majority of the black population lives in North Minneapolis, and um, you can tell, right? Like you cross the river, and suddenly it's different. Um, I live just across the river in Northeast, but I had you know I had family over north too. Um, so like I was lucky enough to not have uh, problems with the police growing up. But like you know once I got into high school and became more aware of what was going on around me and became more um, less naive, I guess, to, to the realities of the world. I mean, this has been going on for a long time. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with the Philando Castile case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are? Yeah. Just for, for, I mean, it's like he, he had a license to carry a gun. The officer pulled him over. He said, I have a license to carry. He went to reach for his wallet. The cop shot him seven times. That cop was not convicted. You know, it's like the 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 one other police officer in in Minnesota history that was convicted for murder was a black man, Muhammad Noor, who killed a white woman, Justine uh, uh, Damond, I think her name was. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, yes, I've been I've been aware of of the problems, and I, I think more recently it's become like necessary. Um, and like very important to like push for this change. Yeah. And, and you bring up Castile and then you can point to like, you know, Tamir Rice and, and mm-hmm. Brianna Taylor, like all these things in recent years, let alone even in the course of the trial that just wrapped up yesterday, 13 year old kid mm-hmm. got shot and killed. Like, but Dante I say, right in Brooklyn center, a suburb of Minneapolis, you know, like, it's 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 really nuts and but then it's you know you're saying like yeah and and it's had so much spotlight lately but then you also take a step back and you go it's not it's not just lately like when did billy holiday write strange fruit that was about lynchings you know like we yeah. all saw footage from the 60s of dogs and fire hose being fire hose being unleashed on people who had the who 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 had the 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 gall to sit at a, a lunch counter. It's like this, it, it, it's, it's not new. And you sit here, you go, thank God for cell phones. Thank God for social media. Thank God for things that are actually exposing it. Cause it's, it's just so frustrating. I feel like that might be. And, and first of all, I want to say too, as like a, as a white guy who, who understands that he's had it very easy compared to a lot of other people. I want you to know that I do not presume to uh like to ever equate my my experience as anything close to yours in relation to this but just in terms of like bouncing ideas off of each other i'm like it it just doesn't make sense to me that we pretend this is new you know it doesn't make sense to me mm-hmm. it's been happening since the day people were forced to come here on boats like it's been happening yeah. since the first boat arrived with slaves on it. Like, why? Why do we pretend? Why do we pretend that it's controversial that that this should stop? Yeah, you know, I think like it's that like it's that comfort piece, right? Like when it doesn't slap you in the face, and when you don't have stakes, 
in the game, it's easy for you to ignore it. Like, you know, naivety is the ultimate privilege where I don't have to care about this. I don't have to even see this. I don't have to ever think about this. And so the, the world is fine, you know? Um, I think Martin Luther King talked all the time about like the white moderate being the, the real issue here of, of these, these people who, who just want this like shallow peace, you know, um, peace for them, but not peace for the world. You know, it's a, it's a problem. Yeah. I like the first time I really, I really, so like, I, I've always known like police suck. Like I've never, I've never been a fan. Um, but the, I, I, Trump came through to Minneapolis a couple of years ago and there was a big protest or more people protesting than were at his fucking rally. Um, and the protest went, you know, well into past the rally and the police presence there was wild. And at one point they, uh, brought in horses and were like riding horses through the crowd. There was a cop on a horse who was just like indiscriminately kicking people. Um, they, they pushed us back with bikes. I mean, they were just, it was like, it was ruthless. And, you know, afterward I had, I like went up to talk to an officer. Cause I was just like, I just like, cause the crowd had, had scattered and I, I was just like, totally like, I can't believe that like this happened. I was like, I was like, what, what was that? Like, why did you guys do that to us? And he was like, well, somebody threw a beer bottle at one of our officers. And I, I like, I couldn't believe that a beer bottle would strike, like would, would like that would be the reaction to one beer bottle thrown at heavily armed and armored officers. You know, it, it was, uh, and that was the moment where it like really was like, okay, these people are bad. Like these people are very bad and they are looking for any reason to hurt people. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. That was a little bit, that was a, a tangent, but I'm just, I got a lot going on right now, Chris. Listen, if anybody's allowed to go on tangents, it's, uh, it's a, a black male in Minneapolis, Minnesota on Wednesday, April 21st, 2021. <laughs> if anybody's allowed to say like, hey, I have a million thoughts racing through my head and they're going to come out in all different directions. It's you. It's you. It's, uh, it, it, what I, you just, I appreciate that, man. You were just talking about like the military police, like this idea that police act like military in our cities. And I know you, you mentioned the name AOC and a lot of pe people have strong opinions. But one thing she said that I thought was so smart was she was like, you know, when we say defund the police, keep in mind, like when you actually look into what we're saying, it's let's have people who are trained social workers be part of the police. Let's have people who are substance abuse counselors be part of the police. Let's not have military equipment be on our streets. And, and she said something I thought was, was so smart where she's like, people who will say that this doesn't work, it does work already in every upper middle-class suburb in America. That's what they have is these well-rounded police departments that don't show up with riot gear. Uh, and, and you go, oh man, that's, that's pretty profound. It's pretty profound mm -hmm. to realize you get into an American city and a lot of times it's like you said, oh, you guys want to throw a, 
a beer bottle, uh, well, watch us just wreck you in response. Yeah. It's fucked up. Um, Have you happened to catch any, oh, sorry. Have you happened to catch, just on this topic, and then we'll move on, like, or not move on, whatever you want. Have you caught any of the footage, like, things in Belfast are starting to get very bad again in Northern Ireland, where there was, like, so much guerrilla war on the streets for a couple decades? Have you seen footage of what's happening lately? No, not at all. It's re- it, it was really striking to me as an American, and I haven't seen anybody talk about this because, my, you know, my, my grandfather's from Northern Ireland, so I, I watch it and I go, what is happening? You know, I, I feel invested on some level. And there's kids throwing like Molotov cocktails at the police and the police have riot gear, but they just kind of swat away the Molotov cocktails and they stand there in this footage. <laughs> now, I'm not sure it goes in that direction every time. I bet there's times where, the, you know, there, there's footage of hoses coming up. But this is after people are throwing, like, lit bottles full of gasoline at them. And, and I sat there and I went, first of all, this is awful to see this anywhere in the world. And second of all, I found it very jarring to go, these police aren't, like, jumping into armored vehicles and trying to run these kids over. Like, they're, they're just kind of standing there and trying to hold the line. And it was, it was kind of sad to me to go, oh, and... In other parts of the world, even when things go into conflict with police, it's not like that footage we all saw last year of like tanks, tanks rolling down the streets of Brooklyn. You're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Anyway, okay, you're you talk. I'm talking too much. No, that's that's that's. I mean, it's it's fucked up. I mean, there's there's no other there's no other word for it. It's fucked up. And you know, I think the one thing that this year has taught me there's, there's been this like really mad mutual aid effort in the city. Um, and like right now you can go anywhere and get anything you need because people are taking advantage of all that white guilt. And like, you know, I could put a call out on Facebook today. Like I need some money. I'm going to, I'll raise five times my goal, (laughs) you know, like, which is great. I mean, like I, I appreciate that people are willing, if not to give their bodies to the cause, give financially to the cause. Right. Um, and what I've learned is that like, there simply is enough for everyone. There just, there is, uh, and if you give people what they, what they need, if you give people a solid education, I work at elementary school, you know, like it, it starts from, from day one. If you give people access to, like you said, drug counseling to mental health, uh, services if you give people money if you give people a place to live you know like when people have what they need then like crime will not stop i mean there's always there's always outliers there's always people out there who want to do bad things but most people don't um but you put anyone in a in a bad situation and they can turn into a pretty bad person um yeah so that's i mean that's really the message that that i that i really want to like leave this with is like it's going to take a long time for our our systems to change and and for racism to be like chipped away at and for the world to look 
like a equitable and, and just place for everyone. Um, but like the more that you personally can give of yourself, the more that you personally can like do the work to be anti-racist, to help people who need. I, I always keep a little bit of money in my car. And anytime I see someone asking for money, I hand them a few bucks, whatever, you know. And what I've noticed here in Minneapolis is that the only people I ever see giving people, begging for money, money are people of color. And I, I don't understand that. I understand that. I mean, like, it's like, I see you, I get you. I understand I'm not that far away from being where you're at. And I think white people don't get that all the time. Um, but anyway, y'all, I mean, you just got to do the work. You, you just got to do the work um, for, the, for the sake of every future American. Uh, you got to give something, you know? And that's that's as good a time to pause as any. You, you think about the the tall order at hand. There, you got to do the work for the sake of every future American. That is a tall order, but a necessary one. Really, it makes you think about how hard we have to work. We'll be right back. Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Thank you to the advertisers who allow this show to exist. Now let's get back to this phone call. You, you just got to do the work um, for, the, for the sake of every future American. Uh, you got to give something, you know? I, I want to follow up on something you were just you know, mentioning, you mentioned white guilt is going a long way right now. <laughs> yeah. You talked about seeing that people of color feel more empathy to some people on the streets who are expressing need. I think that's all. It's really, I mean, it, it, it's, it's fascinating to hear. And I, I guess I want to ask on a Broadway, I can only ask you your opinion. It seems to me like one of the things with George Floyd that was so profound um, was that it seemed to be a breaking point after so many things in recent years where white people showed up in a bigger way than I think they ever have in my lifetime. You know, you look at the civil rights Mm -hmm. movement where people were marching together and, you know, I think... You mentioned Dr. King inspired so many people and there were student movements and and you saw a coalition of people and it feels like George Floyd was the was a breaking point where even like suburban white people like my wife attended a 
a protest. We just moved out back to Jersey and one of the protests near us was in Milburn, New Jersey. Now I grew up a few towns away from Milburn. That's like a, that's a well-to-do, mostly white town. I'm going, there's protests in Milburn. Maybe this is, maybe this is actually real that this is happening. But I wonder what your perspective is on, on that. And I wonder, like, is there, how would I say it? Like, is there trust that that's going to continue? Is there trust that that's the new standard? Is there trust that that white people got it right this time? Or is that self-congratulatory? You know, it, it's something I'm, I think about a lot of like, now that, is it Chauvin? Is that how you pronounce his name? I don't even pay him enough respect to know how to pronounce his name. It's like, now yeah, that he- I, got, I don't know if it's Chauvin, Chauvin, whatever. It's yeah, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care to show any respect. I hope, I hope I'm mispronouncing it. But- <laughs> the fear is like, oh, he got convicted. We won, everybody. Does does all of this mm-hmm. support go away now? You know, I wonder what your thought yeah. process is. Yeah, like so, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot because um, we we kind of we kind of seen it with with Biden in office. You know, everyone's like Trump's out. We won, um, and Biden is is still. Biden. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, the way I see it is a lot of what I'm seeing is uh, I call it white joy. That being the like inverse of white tears. And it, it falls in this same bucket, uh, like this, this white fragileness, this like white saviorism. These are all like responses to black and brown issues that are ultimately like feeble and disingenuous, uh, disingenuous and performative. Uh, and, and that's what I see, see a lot of. And like the question becomes like, okay, Chauvin is, is convicted. He's going to prison. You feel some type of way about that. You have, like, like if you feel happy, that's fine. If you feel joyful, that's fine. Like it's good. It's, it's historic, but like examining where is that joy coming from? Who are you sharing that joy with? Why are you sharing that joy with that person? Like I got a lot of texts from my people who I barely talk to like, yes. And my question is like, why do you feel the need to tell, like to show me your joy? Like what, what are you getting from that? You know, and, and so that's the piece that has me uh, questioning whether this is sustainable or not. Um, my, my go-to is always don't trust it. You know, like white people are going to be white people, and you know, I think some some people have taken this this year to really do some good work and to like grow. Um, but like at the end of the day, like uh, the stakes are so low for white people to not be actively anti-racist all the time. Like they, they benefit from not being actively anti-racist because it makes their life harder to do that. Uh, so I, I don't really trust it, but I'm, I'm happy with what I've seen so far, you know? It's really, to, 
to hear the phrase white people are going to be white people. I sit here and I'm like, ah, it's, it's like, it's really true. It's really true, right? Like one day doesn't change hundreds of years. And it's also so painful mm-hmm. to realize, like, I don't want to, you know, like, uh, it's just painful to hear. It's just painful to hear. And not, not, not in a way where I'm making it about me, where I'm going, man, like, this country's so damaged historically that it's not even like there's scar tissue. It's like we're hundreds of years into dealing with this and the wound is still wide open. That's what that statement kind of reminds me of. You know, it's like, it's not even like we got scars we need to face and wonder where they came from. It's like, we we still have to stop the bleeding. And that's, mm-hmm. there's a fundamental lack, lack of trust that comes with that because it has not been stopped yet. So one cop going to jail is great. But how about, how does that indicate that there's a system that's going to actually now uh-huh. feel accountability because of that? Yeah. How about every cop going to jail? You know, that's no, <laughs> I, but that's extreme. But, you know, I, I do, I'm, I, I don't want to get into that. But what I was going to say is like, well, how about we start like acknowledging that this, like this land that we love is stolen and built through using and owning black bodies stolen from brown bodies built by black bodies and like that is the foundation of where we live and to think that a year a summer a conviction a new president could could change that you know as it's foolish, you know. It's gonna take a complete overhaul, an upheaval, a, like a reimagining of what this place looks like, a total redistribution of money, you know. Like mm. a couple of years ago, I met a Calhoun, like a descendant of James Calhoun, and the president. The family is still insanely rich. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just asking, like, James Calhoun, the president from the 1800s? Yes. Yes. I met someone in his family line, and they are still incredibly rich because that money doesn't go away. It just gets bigger. And, like, as that money that was made off of black bodies continues to grow and, like, the, the gap continues to separate, like that just makes it worse. And so, yeah, there's not slaves right now. Yeah, you can't, you know, go round up black bodies and hang them from trees, but you can systematically make it so that there's no mobility for black people in this country and shove them into the worst neighborhoods, shove us into the worst schools. Give Like uh, it's, it's, it's not any better, you know? It just looks different. That's all. It's real. It, 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 it's, it is like a very, a very fair bucket of cold water. Like that's reality to the face of like, yes, be happy this one guy went to jail. Also though, 
You're right. If it doesn't take much reading, it doesn't take much reading and research. And here's why if anybody out there is listening and going, oh, like, you know, what more do you want? Can't we be happy the guy got convicted? My opinion, and my opinion doesn't really matter, but it's like, yeah, sure. But for anybody going like, oh, what what more do you want? Like things are moving. It shouldn't, just like you said, you look into things, you go, man, like we all have this dialogue that the civil war was like a movie and then the slaves got freed. And then we, 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 we stopped the guys. And it's like, no, we, we didn't stop the people who did it. Cause you even, and not even because Confederate flags still hang because you read about it. There were black Congress people immediately after the war. And then what happened? things got rigged so that wouldn't happen anymore. Laws got changed. You, mm-hmm. you, just like you talk mm-hmm. about housing, you, you talk about the way, you know, realtors would not show certain neighborhoods to certain types of people. And if certain types of people moved into certain neighborhoods, all the white people left, white flight's a real thing. Like I, mm-hmm. I read recently that in New York, in Long Island, there's a number of bridges on the Long Island highways that are built very low. And what I read was that because there were, and I don't know if this is true, this is something that someone will correct me on or say, no, that was right, is that the reason the bridges were built real low is because they wanted to keep these beaches in rich areas. Um, they, they wanted to make sure that buses could not get under these bridges because they did not want public transportation to be able to get out to these beaches oh. because they wanted to keep uh-huh. poor people out and you presume black yeah. people out. You sit there, you go, man, yeah. that's like, that's the type of stuff that you just go, okay, this is, it's an actual system that was, they built actual infrastructure. They, it's an actual thing. They changed laws. Mm-hmm. They actually build things in a certain way, not just unofficially either. Sometimes officially, mm-hmm. it's hard not to feel hopeless. Do not underestimate the historic and powerful racism of white people. It is overwhelming. It 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 is in every fabric of our society, of our institution, of our systems. Racism is intertwined and uh, there's, there's just no way around that. And until you realize that, I don't think that you can actually like understand just how important real, actionable, tangible change is. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm glad that you realized that. And I'm glad that you have a show that people listen to and and people who may not realize that and who could use this cold bucket of water. Like you said, I assume, you know, I don't know about your demographics, but I would assume that a majority of your listeners are white. I don't, I don't know, but that would be my guess. I hope that. Yeah. 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 I, I hope that people can hear this and, and feel some type of way and, and do some, Deep reflection, uh, reflecting, and, and and work on themselves. Uh, that's my hope. <laughs> now, and let me ask you that. And this is a tall order to ask you this, and I don't expect you to have like a, a concrete answer of like, well, do A, B, and C. But there are a lot of white people hearing this, and there's probably a lot of white people going, "A, I agree. The system's rigged. 
It always has been. It's awful. Like I was just able to say a bunch of, I've been able to talk about certain things and things, and they they make me sick. But there's also people out there going, I teach my kids not to be racist. I'd like to think that I don't perpetuate a system that supports it. I'd like to think that I'm someone who wants to see change and wants to find ways to do change. Outside of, you know, you mentioned white guilt. Outside of reacting to it in a way where you go, well, I I try to be one of the good people in this world. I try to be one of the people who recognizes this. It's... You sit here, you go, and you. it's not fair to ask you to have the answer because I, I am stymied. You go, what's going to break the cycle? Outside of recognizing that this sucks and that there are probably ways, right? There's probably ways you've participated in racism that you might not even know about. Like, I, I, I am well aware. I'll never forget. I will never forget. There was a kid suspended from my high school. This still drives me nuts. There was a kid, he was having a party on the weekend. He handed out flyers. They said, bring your own booze, bring your own weed. He got expelled. He got expelled. I may have mentioned this on the show before. It makes me so angry because I sit here and I go, if I brought that same flyer to school, I would have been suspended, maybe. I would have been at detention probably for sure, a talking to for sure. My parents would have been called for sure. I don't think I would have gotten expelled from school for the same thing. And my name, you know, I am who I am and I won't say his name, but it's a name where as soon as you hear it, you go, okay, I would assume that it's a black kid because he was. And I sit there, I go, yeah, that's fucked up. That's racist. I don't think I'm a racist person. In fact, I think I've always thought I've always, always being young, growing up where I did, being lucky to grow up someplace where there are all types of people to go. I want to shout to the hilltops about how it's fucked up, but I still benefit from that. I still am not going to get expelled when that kid did. So you can see I'm kind of rambling, but I'm going. So outside of feeling horrible, outside of feeling like, like my hands are tied to this system that's super fucked up and that I'm the beneficiary of it. It's like, what's going to, foster trust what's going to foster change what's going to mm-hmm. what you know what i mean mm-hmm. um well i mean it's you should feel horrible i think that like step one is being able to feel that it's wrong right like if you're not there then i i don't know how to get you there um but um i don't know as far as solutions I don't, I think like, don't stop at being not racist. It's about being anti-racist, you know, actively uh, fighting against racism, your friends and family. When, when, when you hear and see things that are racist, stopping that, you know, using your privilege to do that because we do that all the time because it happens to us. And, you know, Sometimes me, I'm just tired of fighting racism. So I just smile and nod while my coworker is telling me that her husband knew the cop who shot Dante Wright and she was feeling sad about it. 
you know, I smile and nod while my coworker is saying, I don't understand how to reach these black kids. Magical Negro, please help me reach these black kids. You know, um, it's about being anti-racist. It's about reading, reading things that black people have written, understanding how black people feel through their words. Um, I don't know. Sell your house to a to a black family. <laughs> it's like I, I think like push yourself to do, like do whatever you can to help empower that like my people. We've talked a lot in this call about how economic strife is one of the things that drives a lot of inequality. Being said, we got ads. It's always a weird thing during calls like this. But we got ads. They're, they're why the show exists. Let's uh, let's get to them, and we'll be right back. Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. That's it, everybody. No more advertisements. Thank you to our sponsors. Now let's finish off the show. Do whatever you can to help empower the, like my people. Because it, it and it, you know, it, it sucks that it has to be on the individual, right? Because it should be, I mean, we need systematic change. It needs to be a complete overhaul. But like, that's just the, the, the way it is. You know, that's the way it is. Keep on voting. That's what, that's slow, and you know, almost all politicians suck. But you got to find the good ones and give them your vote, give them your money. Uh, I don't know. It's hard for black people <laughs> in, in in a in a in a not in a non like in a way that you're not trying to gain anything. You know, just like talk to people. I don't. There's there's a lot of simple shit that white people can do to to help make uh, the world more. Don't move into a historically black neighborhood. All like have those fucking uh, real estate companies, those construction companies that build luxe apartments in historically black neighborhoods. Let them suffer. Don't move there. You know. Anyway, I. Uh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm working today. I took a, I'm taking an extended break to do this. So I got to get going, Chris. Um, thank you for having me though. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you. I am just a couple things to get on record. If you have another minute is one, I hope I've listened more than I've talked and I would be shocked if in the course of this conversation, I haven't said a few things where people are going to listen and go, man, that's part of, that's part of the ignorance right there. Like Chris, you just, I know I'm aware that's probably the truth of the matter. I understand I have ignorance because I've only lived my life. I'm not saying that to apologize. I'm saying that because I want to recognize it. And uh, most of all, I want to say 
uh, I really hear the amount of frustration coming through in your voice. And I feel how real it is. And it makes me want to work hard. And I'm, uh, I, and I'm really inspired. And also, thank God that dude's going to jail. Thank God, and thank God you're a teacher. Thank God you're a teacher, yeah. right? I, that I want to hear so much about how you, how you're a teacher, and how you pass on these thoughts to young people, how you deal with their questions. But I know you don't have time, and uh, yeah. I'm so happy to talk to you. I'm so happy to talk to you, and I, I hope that despite the the somber reaction that it is it is a good day in Minneapolis in as many ways as possible. Well, the sun is out, which is a sign from the heavens that we should find some joy in it. Um, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be lucky enough to get on the show again. Until then, much love, Chris. Be easy. Caller, thank you again. I can feel it. You can feel it. I have a platform where hopefully I'm able to spread good. And, and even I sit here and go, man, I feel myself not understanding, saying the wrong things sometimes, feeling like I'm apologizing when those apologies don't matter, when they're about me. God damn this country. I guess that's the end of it. God damn this country sometimes. Uh, call it. Thanks for the reminder that the work is just starting. Thank you to Anita Flores. Thank you to Jared O'Connell. Thanks, Shell Shag, for the music. I'm going to have a whole bunch of dates on the road in the summer and fall. My beautiful anonymous statements among them. ChrisGeth.com for info on that. Wherever you're listening, there's a version of the button that says subscribe or favorite or follow. When you hit that button, it helps the show so much. And you can get our whole back catalog without any ads at all. Every episode is available without ads at stitcherpremium.com stories. Check it out for more details. <laughs>